Have you ever heard someone say that they were born a Christian? I've talked to people who gave the impression that they've always been a Christian. Well, let's get this very clear here today that no one starts out a Christian. All of us need to be saved, and this is why you need Jesus. I've often heard it said that there are two types of people, those who are Christians and those who are not Christians. And we can think of just everybody kind of stuck in those two categories. But the truth is, every single one of us started out in the not Christian category. I'd like to think of it as there's befores and there's afters. And the difference is if you meet Jesus or not. This is why everyone needs an introduction to Jesus. And so if you're a Christian, I, I want to really encourage you that when you look at somebody and they're, they, they're not a Christian, they don't believe, they're, they're stuck in the ways of this world, in the ways of living that they've always lived in, and you're ready to say, well, they're just not a Christian. You need to put a, they're just not a Christian yet on that because what that person needs is an introduction to Jesus Christ. So all of us should have a testimony. We should have a story of when we met Jesus, and there's who we were before, and now there's who we are after in our new life. But the difference maker, the game changer, was the introduction that we received to Jesus Christ. Now, yeah, maybe our parents introduced us to Jesus at an early age. Maybe we met him in a youth group when we were a teenager. Maybe we met him when we were having a child as an adult. Some people meet Jesus on their deathbed right before it's too late. All kinds of different times in life that you can meet him, but everyone needs an introduction to Jesus. And if we keep thinking that everybody's kind of already set in their two categories, that's not the way the Bible talks about. Particularly, I want to focus with you on the Gospel of John, this book that has been written by a disciple, by one of the disciples whom Jesus loved, one of the closest three disciples, an eyewitness to the life of Jesus, to his death on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead, a man who wrote that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he wrote this book. He says at the end of the Gospel of John, in John 20, 31, he, he says there are so many things he could have written about Jesus, so many amazing teachings, so many awesome miracles, but he says these are written, the 21 chapters that he gives us, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So he writes down some of the signs of Jesus, and he wants you then, when you see the signs, when you come and see who Jesus is, then you can believe in him. And then after you believe in him, you will have eternal life. So there's a three-step reason here that John wrote the gospel. One, you got to see the signs. Two, that you would believe in Jesus. And three, that you would have eternal life. The signs are the introduction. If you don't know about Jesus, there's no possible way you could believe in him. And since all of us start out not knowing the gospel story, 
All of us, even if we're children, well, we need to be taught. We need to be introduced. Somebody's got to tell you about Jesus, or you've got to read the Bible, read something like the Gospel of John, or you'll never know about Jesus. It starts like you meet anybody else with an introduction. You're not born knowing Jesus. You don't intuitively know him. You need to get introduced. And that happens at the beginning of the gospel. Uh, John writes this eloquent description of who Jesus is as the Son of God who put on flesh, who is full of grace and truth, uh, this, this powerful description of Jesus as the God-man. And then John the Baptist is out there saying, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And John the Baptist starts introducing some of his disciples to Jesus. And they start poking around with Jesus, and, and they start kind of trying to follow him. And Jesus says something that's so important that everybody needs to hear. Come and see. You guys want to know who I am? You got to come and see. When somebody tells me they don't believe in Jesus, my immediate thought for that person is, well, have you ever really met him before? When did you get introduced to him? If you haven't read the Bible, if you haven't gone to a church preaching the gospel, if you haven't talked to somebody who's really been saved by Jesus Christ, then there's no way you could believe in him. You need this introduction. And this is the essential first step, this come and see part that I think we're just already putting in the everybody in the two categories. There's those who don't believe, and there's those who do believe. Well, through coming and seeing who Jesus is, people can go from not believing to believing. Once they get to know him, once they meet him, once they see the signs of his miracles and hear the power of his teaching. So this is how the first disciples... We're talking James and John, the brothers, Andrew and Peter, the original brothers, the fishermen who dropped their nets, left everything, and followed Jesus. It started with a basic invitation to come and see. And you could see that idea started spreading there. In John chapter 1, Philip goes to Nathaniel and says, hey, we found him, the Messiah. The Messiah, the Christ, this, this is a, a phrase in Hebrew, it's Messiah, in Greek, it's Christ, it means the anointed one. This is the one all the prophecies are about. This is the one who's going to make all the promises come true. This is the one God has been telling us is coming. We found him, and he's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? See, he's skeptical. He's doubting. He's questioning. And instead of saying, oh, well, I guess Nathaniel's just not a believer, I guess he's just not a Christian, no, you say to him, come and see. So I guarantee you there's people in all of our lives that we've kind of just uh, settled for the fact that they don't believe. We've kind of just th thought that they're stuck and we've just assumed they're going to stay that way. They're not a Christian. What that person needs is an introduction to come and see Jesus. Maybe you need to give them a gospel of John and ask them to read it. Maybe you need to get them to come to church with you. Maybe you just need to take them out to lunch, pay for it, buy them some free food, and say, hey, I got something I really got to share with you. Like, I, If I don't share this with you, I'm not going to feel right. I'm not going to feel like I really care about you. I need to tell you this. And introduce them to Jesus Christ. And if you keep reading through the gospel of John, you're going to start seeing a, a series of miracles, and a lot of times the miracles set up a teaching. And as you go through this, you get to know Jesus. And, and he meets with all kinds of different people. He meets with the religious leader. 
That's when he says the most famous verse in all the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And he says, Nicodemus, you're a religious person, but it doesn't matter how you were born. You need to be born again, born from above. God has to do a work to save you. And what's the difference between perishing apart from God and having an eternal life where you know God in a real relationship? The difference is believing in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know the truth about Jesus, the good news, of the gospel, then you can't believe. But if we introduce you to Jesus, if you come and see Jesus, now you can believe. And he says it to a religious leader like Nicodemus, and he says it to a woman at the well, an outcast woman of sin, many different relationships, a woman who's been looking for love in all the wrong places. And Jesus says to her, if you come to me for living water, it'll burst out of your soul and you'll never be thirsty again. All she had to do was meet Jesus at the well. She believed in him and this scandalous woman became a saved woman and she was telling the whole town, you got to come and meet somebody who told me everything I ever did. You got to come and meet him. Could he be the Messiah? And immediately she believed and she could invite everybody else to believe. She made an introduction and many people were saved in that town of Samaria. And on and on it goes. He's feeding thousands and preaching to them that he's the bread of life. And that whoever eats his flesh and drinks his blood, a reference to his coming sacrifice on the cross through his body, and his blood as he was going to die on that cross for our sins. If you receive Jesus Christ by faith, if you trust in what he did for you on the cross, you will be saved. You will have real life. Now, I can't tell you how exciting it is when I meet somebody who doesn't know Jesus and I approach them in this way. I don't assume that they're going to stay a non-Christian. My assumption is they need to meet Jesus. They need to come and see. What we need here is an introduction. See, a lot of people out there, they like to play matchmaker. They see somebody and they study these poor people who are probably just doing fine. And then these matchmakers come along and they tell them, ah, you gotta, you should go on a date with so-and-so. You should do this. Hey, if you want to do any matchmaking out there, introduce people to Jesus Christ. That's a relationship they definitely need. And they definitely need to get to know who he is. And, And when I get to do that, when somebody, the Holy Spirit's maybe already convicting this person of sin, they're already bearing witness to this person of Jesus, and I get to be the one who makes the introduction, and I get to say, well, have you really ever read the Bible before? It's amazing how many people act like they already know about the Bible, but they've never even really read it. And in some ways, we can understand that because the Bible, it's not your ordinary book. It's not like a book written by one person that gives you one story. Uh, I mean, the Bible's like a library of books. It's a collection. It's an anthology of different books written at different places and different times by different men, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. It does tell one story from cover to cover, but that's different than most books that people read, if people are even reading books anymore. And so you got to kind of explain it to them. You got to tell them that the main character, the theme of the story is Jesus Christ. And have, do they really know about him? Have they really read the story of his life before? There's four different uh, written accounts of the gospel, four different people who, 
who were either eyewitnesses or they really studied the history of Jesus' life and they wrote it down so that you could read who he was and what he was about and what did he say and why did he die on that cross and did he really rise from the dead on the third day? They can go and read the whole story. It's amazing how many people I talk to who have never read that story. And I hand them the Gospel of John. Here at our church, we've got Gospel of John's, like one book of the Bible pulled out from the whole thing. You hand somebody a Bible, it could be the biggest book they've got. It could be the longest, most intimidating book they've read. What I love to do is just hand them the book of John, this one of the books of the Bible. And it looks very small. It looks very easy to read. Written by one guy who's an eyewitness of Jesus. Let's just start with this one book. And it's amazing when you just try to introduce Jesus, when you just say, hey, let's read this Gospel of John, how people respond. In fact, I'm so excited because later on today, I'm going to meet with someone who I had that conversation with, and I know they've been pumped up. They've been sending me email updates as they're reading through the Gospel of John, and we're going to meet today to discuss it, and it's going to be awesome because now that they know who Jesus is, now that they've seen the signs, they can take the next step to believe in Jesus Christ. And so if you're not out there making this introduction, matchmaking, introducing people to who Jesus is, using the gospel of John, telling people how Jesus has saved you through your own personal testimony. If you're not out there making the introduction, you're missing one of the great joys of the Christian life, which is to see people who don't believe and to put the not yet on it and to think, no, if they just got to know who Jesus was, if the Holy Spirit could open their eyes to see, if they could see the signs, if they could just come and see, maybe they would love Jesus like I do. Maybe they would trust in him to to save their soul just like he saved mine. If Jesus can save somebody like me, maybe all this other soul needs is an introduction. When you start living life like that, it's exciting. Reading through the gospel of John with people never gets old. Talking about the reality of who Jesus is to someone who's discovering it for the first time, it keeps your faith fresh. It keeps your relationship with Jesus raw and exciting. When you get to see Jesus once again for the first time through somebody else's eyes being opened up, it's inspiring to your soul. And so we're going to have the Gospel of John here at Compass Bible Church, Huntington Beach. We're going to have, uh, we're opening up the bookstore. Uh, it's not really a bookstore. I guess it's just a little nook full of books there in the back lobby. It's going to be open Fridays 2 to 5, and we're giving Gospel of John's away to free. All, all you got to do if you want a Gospel of John for free is you come up and you say, why you need Jesus to the person at the bookstore. And it's like a password. It's like a secret code. They will know. What you just said is you want to introduce somebody and you want to give away the gospel of John and we'll give you a free copy right then and there and then you can be praying, God, who do you want me to make the introduction with? Who can I pass on the good news of Jesus so they can come and see the signs and then they can believe? Now, when somebody believes, that's not the end. That's just the beginning 
of their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what's great about the Gospel of John is not only does it give you the information, I mean, you can read about miracles, teachings, you can see how Jesus says that he is one with the Father, how the religious leaders, the Pharisees, try to kill him because he claims to be God. You can see the whole story. You can read about how John is right there when he dies on the cross. John runs to the tomb a little bit before Peter. When it's empty, John sees him risen from the dead. He is Lord. Uh, John gives you the full story. But what John also gives is he gives the teaching of Jesus Christ on the last night before he died. We call it the Last Supper. And this is in John chapters 13 to 17. Okay, so when somebody believes in Jesus, see, the meeting of Jesus. Uh, so really, we, we this is how I want us to think about it. The come and see the, the believing, and then the eternal life. And it's when you meet Jesus that you go from the before, knowing Jesus, to the after. Now you have a relationship with him. So when you believe, and that's a transferring of trust, that's a realization that you cannot save yourself, you cannot make yourself spiritually alive, that you are dead in sin, and you can try as hard as you want to. But until you transfer your trust to Jesus, that's the only way you're going to be saved. You need to believe in him, that he already died to pay for your sin, and he rose from the dead to give you a new life. See, now at that moment, you are saved by faith. And at that moment, you you have eternal life. And it says in John 17, verse 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal life is not just living forever. It's not just going to heaven when you die. Yes, it includes the quantity of eternal life, but it's really more about a quality of life. It's not so much living an everlasting life as it is knowledge of the everlasting one. That's what D.A. Carson says in his great commentary on the Gospel of John. He says that this is about now you have entered into a relationship with God through Jesus. And so once somebody believes, see, this is where a lot of people stop. Okay, was Jesus really the Son of God? Did he die for me? Did he rise again? Yes, I believe that. Okay, I'm now a Christian. That's not the stop point. That's the start point, everybody. That's where it gets going. Okay, now somebody came in the other day and they wanted to ask me, so how do I really have a relationship with Jesus? Oh, that's like my favorite question to answer right there. They have believed, but now they want to really know him. They want to walk with him. This is what Christianity is supposed to be, not a religion, but a relationship. That's what so many Christians say, but it's far from the reality in many people's lives. And so when you read like John 13 and 14 and 15 and 16, it becomes clear what this relationship with Jesus is going to look like. That apart from Jesus, even as someone who believes in him, apart from him, you can still do nothing. Like, you need to abide in Jesus. You need to remain in your relationship with him, to stay connected with him every day of your life. And as you stay in that relationship with Jesus, see, then you'll bear much fruit. Then you'll bring glory to God. Then you'll, since you're walking with Jesus, you'll be talking about Jesus. You'll be thinking about him yourself. You'll be always ready to make an introduction to somebody else about Jesus Christ. So this relationship is something that we're going to stay in every single day. And one of the ways that we do that is by staying in the words of Jesus, really all of the scripture. 
And then we, as we are in the word, we, we ask whatever we wish. We respond in prayer. And, and Jesus promises everyone who believes in him will receive the Holy Spirit. The very Spirit of God will live within us. Now, at first, the Holy Spirit is working on the outside of us, convicting us of sin, illuminating our understanding to start to see Jesus. Our eyes start to get open. We start to understand the good news that Jesus died and rose again. The Holy Spirit's there making that introduction. He's showing us our sin and our need for a Savior. But then once we believe in Jesus, the Spirit then comes to dwell within us. That's called being born again. That's our regeneration. And when the Spirit, we get a new heart and we get God's Spirit within us. And now the Holy Spirit causes us to walk in God's ways. And the mechanism that the Holy Spirit uses is the Word of God that the Spirit inspired. As we read the Word, it's like He activates it in our life and He causes us to do what it says and He stirs us up. And the Holy Spirit, not only will He change us, so that we'll turn away from our sins and obey Jesus Christ. Not only does he profound, do a profound work in our soul, but he also will speak through us. This is how God is going to make his appeal to other people. There's two ways that people can hear from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can teach them about Jesus. One is by reading the book that the Holy Spirit inspired to is when you speak and the Holy Spirit speaks to them through you. When you make the introduction, that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will teach someone how to believe in Jesus Christ. That how someone's going to go from being not a Christian to to a Christian is when the Holy Spirit gives them the illumination of that introduction. Okay, now, one of my favorite stories is in Acts chapter 8, and it's about Philip the Evangelist. And there's an Ethiopian eunuch, and he's riding in a chariot out in the middle of nowhere, and the Holy Spirit somehow like miraculously leads Philip to this uh, road out in the middle of nowhere where he's going to now run into. Uh, just a coincidence that there happens to be an Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot on the road, and Philip just happens to be there led by the Spirit. And the Ethiopian man, he is reading Isaiah. He is reading the gospel of Jesus prophesied through the prophet Isaiah. So he's already right there reading what the Spirit inspired Isaiah to write about Jesus 600 years before the time of Jesus. But then the Holy Spirit brings Philip up to share the good news, to explain to him what he is reading. So the Holy Spirit, we see there with this Ethiopian eunuch in the middle of nowhere, the Holy Spirit is making the introduction two ways because he is reading the word of God about Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit's bringing a person to speak through to make the introduction. And that Ethiopian, he goes from not a Christian to a Christian. He's getting baptized. He's going back to Ethiopia with good news of Jesus Christ because an introduction has been made. Let me just tell you that every single soul on this planet, every single person you know, they all need an introduction to Jesus. And you are the one the Holy Spirit wants to use to spread the good news so that they can come and see, so that they could believe, so that they could have eternal life, so that you could say to someone else today, this is why you need Jesus.